Look there in John chapter 6 and verse 64. John chapter 6. And look there in verse 64. God being God, Christ being Christ, knows everything that's going to happen, knows the end from the beginning. He knows who believes and who does not believe. So verse 64 says, But there are some of you that believe not. Well, why didn't you just say, There's some of y'all don't believe not because you can't. I didn't give you the faith to believe. See, it don't make any sense. If they can't believe because he didn't give me any faith to believe, well, it ain't their fault. But see, the scriptures don't teach that. It doesn't back up what they say. It says, but there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. He knows everything. But foreknowledge doesn't mean he makes anybody do anything. He may know that tomorrow you're going to rob a 7-Eleven store. Because he's got it. It doesn't mean he made you do it. You can try that if you want to. The Lord made me do it because he knew I was going to do it. It won't work. And so he says, And you therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given him of my Father. You can't come to him unless he draws you. But he says he draws all. See there in the same chapter, but look at verse 44. He says, No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. How does he draw? With the gospel. Preach the gospel to every person and you draw them. Through that message. And that's why I came to Christ. He drew me to him. And I trusted him. But it's because I heard the gospel. And he said, I will draw all men. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Every person. And that's what I believe. I don't believe it's already preset. Where God says, I want you to go to heaven. I want you to go to heaven. And aren't you just so glad that God chose you? I had a man tell me one time, I'm just so thankful. Now, I don't understand at all how that God, through the telescope of time, looked down here and he saw a little old me. And he said, I'm going to save you. And he saved me. Well, he, he might have saved you, but that's because you trusted him as your Savior. If you hadn't trusted Christ as your Savior, you'd been lost and gone to hell. Don't try to make the Scripture say something the Scripture don't say. Because, see, it's a very damaging thing. If I believed what they teach... Why in the world would we want to have missionaries? Why would we want to talk to anybody about the Lord? They're going to get saved anyway. Because he already chose one he's going to save. The rest of them are going to go to hell anyway. They ain't got a chance. They ain't got a ghost of a chance. It don't matter what they want. You can't go to heaven. Because God didn't choose you. You're not one of the chosen. You're not one of the elect. God has chosen to save everyone who will believe. And that's their choice. And I'm glad I made that decision. Uh, another one of the uh, scriptures that I have you ever heard John three sixteen? for God so loved the elect God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever that I've chosen whosoever believe it so they, a lost man can't believe he said that to Nicodemus so then Nicodemus could believe the woman at the well, she could believe. Anybody can believe. You hear the stories, I believe that. I, I want to go to heaven. I believe Christ died on the cross and paid for my sins. God said, if I believe he did it for me, give me eternal life and I get to go to heaven whenever I die. Sounds good to me. I'm so glad God made it simple where anybody can understand it. It's not hard, it's not complicated. Aren't you glad you don't have to go to church to go to heaven? 
You don't have to give any money to go to heaven. You don't have to stop anything. All you had to do is just trust Christ as your Savior because He loved you and paid for your sins. And you get to go to heaven whenever you die. No tricks to it. No gimmicks to it. Best news in the world. Take your Bible and turn to Ephesians chapter 1. The book of Ephesians in chapter 1. The second thing they have is called unconditional election. In other words, God has just simply chosen those that he wants. Since all were going to hell anyway, so for God to pick a few is still grace, isn't it? I guess God could do that if he wanted to, but that's not what he said he did. In Ephesians chapter 1, look in verse 4. He says, according as he had chosen us in him before the foundations of the world. Now get this. He had chosen us in him before the foundations of the world. God has chosen all those that are in him, in Christ. When? Before the foundations of the world. Those that are in Christ, he's chosen to be made pure and holy. But he did not choose to put us into Christ. That was your choice when you trusted Christ as your Savior. Anyone who trusts Christ as their Savior, God from the foundations of this world has chosen, decided, he's going to put every one of those who have trusted Christ as Savior, they'll be made pure and holy and without spot and blameless before the Father. You see, we're going to heaven. Why? Because we're in Christ. But God made that decision before we were ever born, before we ever did any good or any bad. Romans chapter 9. That God said it will be by grace. God has chosen to save those that believe. He is not willing that any should what? Now, wait a minute. That doesn't jibe if the other is true. Then God is willing that the majority perish. God would have to be willing that the rest of them go to hell because he never chose to save them and they can't get saved unless he chooses them. They ain't got a chance. So God cannot desire that men be saved. And I despise the people that teach the junk because it blinds people to the truth. Because see, if I really believe that, why should I witness to anybody? Why witness to anybody? I don't know who God's chosen. I ain't going to waste my time trying to find out. Why should I become a missionary to some foreign field? If God ain't chosen to save nobody, there ain't nobody going to get saved. Why don't he just tell me which one he's going to save and now just go straight to that person? Don't that make more sense? Here's all these people in this room and I only got so much time. He's only chose five in this whole auditorium to go to heaven. The rest of you, you'll have have to go to hell. But God's chosen five of you. Lord, why don't you tell me which five? Should have wasted my time with 95% of them that it can't go. Now, don't that make sense? Makes me mad. I'm starting to feel better. You notice my voice is getting stronger? John chapter 5. John chapter 5. The book of John chapter 5. See, the devil wanted me to stay home today. I decided I'm going to preach anyway. He might as well leave me alone. I'm going to do it anyhow. Look in verse 39. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think you have eternal life. They are they which testify of me. Now get verse 40. And ye cannot come to me because I didn't choose you. Nah, 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 nah. Is that what, is that what he said? He says, and ye will not come to me that ye might have life. So they could have had life. They could have eternal life, but they won't come to him. He didn't say you couldn't come. He says you wouldn't come. You see, that teaching 
Oh, it sounds good, but it's not good. It's, not, it's, it's in error. It's false. The Calvinistic doctrine is wrong. I don't believe the first point, and I don't believe the second point. And I got news for you. I don't believe the third point. And the third point is it's un, or limited atonement. Limited atonement. You say, what does that mean? Well, if I'm only going to save those 15 that I chose to save in here, well, then Christ only has to die for the ones that he's going to save. Why should he pay for the sins of all the others? He ain't going to save you anyway. So he only had to die for those ones he chose to save. That's why the atonement that he made, the payment he made, was limited. It wasn't for everybody. You just thought it was. See there? Should you believe that? I don't believe that. But that's what they teach. You get your little computer and you type in John Calvin and look at the tulips. And you'll be surprised how many people believe all this junk. People you know. Names you've heard. They believe that. And they're on the radio broadcast right here in this town. But I just don't believe it. I believe that when Christ died, he died for all the sin of all the world. And that salvation is to whosoever. And I believe when he says, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. I believe that. That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, 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 I believe it's whosoever. Believe it, that's all he has to do. I don't believe that God handpicked a few people that he loves and he wants them better. How naive for me to think, God saw something in me that made me better than you. If God is not a respecter of persons, and both of us are lost, he can't love me more than you, or he is a respecter of persons. There is no difference then what caused him to choose to save me and let you go to hell? How could he do it? What did he use as a determining factor that caused him to save Yankee but let you go to hell because he didn't love you? He chose me, but he didn't choose you. Why? I have an inquiring mind, and I'd want to know why. And when I stand at some great white throne judgment, he's going to cast me into hell. I'm going, wait, 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 wait. I got a question. If you never gave me the faith to believe, why should I have to go to hell and pay for sins? Because he didn't pay for mine. He paid for them. That ain't fair. Why didn't you pay for mine? Why didn't you give me the faith to believe like you did him? I could find fault with God. But God is a just God. And whatever God does, he must be justified, even in the eyes of a lost man. That's why he's going to have a judgment. But see, all their teaching, it breaks down. There's no truth in it. It's not the Bible. It's not of God. And it's wickedness. Now, in the limited atonement, look in Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, just very quickly, I want you to see this verse. The book of Hebrews and chapter 2. Hebrews 2, look there in verse 9. Verse 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for the elect. For what? Every man. Now, either the Bible means what it says. Isn't it a shame that God, who created languages, can't figure out how to express himself and say what he means? 
Why can't God say what he means? Or maybe he did. You see, when you go the other way, you have to make it say something. It didn't say that. They twist it. Put a spin on it. So he says here that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Every man. Uh, look over there in the book of 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. Now let's just look there, first of all, in verse 1. Verse 1 and verse 2 says, My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he, Jesus Christ, is the propitiation, or the payment, sacrifice, for our sins, and not for ours only, that's the believer's. Not for the believers only, but get the last part of it. But also for the sins of the what? The whole world. Now, either he has trouble expressing himself, or he said exactly what he meant to say. That's why I don't quit and I don't give up hope. And I want to witness to as many people as I can, because I don't want them to go to hell. Last week when this guy was sitting right down here on the front row, came in here the first time, I asked him to come into the office. I said, do you know for certain you're going to go to heaven when you die? Well, I wasn't sure. I said, let me explain it to you. He trusted Christ as Savior. Now, if I believe that it's the other way, why waste my time? God's chosen. God can save me. You don't need me. Why witness? It's a deadening effect upon God's people. I believe that it is important. That's why I believe that every Christian ought to try to take advantage as much as can to witness to people. Carry tracks. The other one is called, number four, irresistible grace. Irresistible grace. Remember the tulip, T-U-L-I-P. Total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace. In other words, that when God draws you, you can't resist. You just can't turn it down. That's why I say it's a sure thing. So God gives you the faith to believe I believe. Well, why did you do that? Because God drew you by his grace, and you couldn't say no. You couldn't refuse. But that's not what I read in Scripture. Why should God hold a person accountable for their decision when it wasn't their decision? It wasn't their decision. Whosoever believeth, you really didn't have a choice. You had to. But the man that God didn't give him this grace so that he could be irresistibly drawn... It's not the same for him. I find that very repugnant. Just the idea, the thought of it. Uh, look in uh, Acts chapter 7. The book of Acts in chapter 7. Now look there in verse 51. Acts chapter 7 verse 51. He says, Ye do always resist the Holy Spirit. Look what he says. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised and hardened ears, you ought to underline this. You do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. In other words, it didn't have to be this way. You resisted, and they have irresistible grace. But what does the book say? You can resist it. Does that mean that if God has his will for you, you're going to do whatever it is God wants you to do because God's drawn you, and you're to serve also by grace. And whatever it is God wants to do, it's irresistible, and you just have to do the will of God. So that means it's automatic. 
If you're really saved, really saved, you have this irresistible grace that demands not only to be saved, you'll have to serve the Lord too. And that's why they call the last one the perseverance of the saints. Perseverance. Now, if by persevere, you mean once saved, always saved, well, I might agree with that. But that's not what they mean by it. It means that if you do get saved, if you're real and you're genuine, you will persevere in the Christian life all your life. You say, well, what if you really mess up really bad? That's a sign you weren't really saved. This is one of the reasons you have a lot of people thinking, you know, boy, I really got a mean business when I get saved. No, you don't. God meant business. You're trusting him to save you and take you to heaven. He meant what he said. God meant business when he said that. Now, they say, as a child of God, you're going to persevere. That means trials and tribulations, all the things that happen in life. You're going to persevere through all of this year. So that means they, they never can know for sure if they're really saved because they don't know if they're going to persevere to the end. So you have to wait to the end of your life to find out, did I make it? Now, you can call that assurance if you want to. That is not my type of assurance that I want. Where I know I'm saved because I'm serving the Lord. Because I'm still going to church and I'm praying and I'm giving money. And, I'm, you know, 50 years I've been doing this. So I must really be saved. But I could mess up tomorrow and that'll be a sign that I never was saved the whole time. Never was saved. Because if you're really saved, irresistible grace will cause you to persevere all the way through. Don't that sound good? So it means if you don't serve the Lord, that means you weren't really saved to start with. How would you like to live your life for 50 years? Hoping that you are. Thinking that you are. But right at the end of it, ah, you caught your husband with somebody, so you blew his brains out, and then you shot yourself, and now you go to hell. <laughs> 50 years for one moment, and that's all over. You can believe that if you want. I don't. I believe that God says, preach the gospel to every creature. And I believe that God says that anybody whosoever hears and will believe the gospel, God will save them by grace. They don't earn it. They don't work for it. They put in their faith, which is not a work, into Jesus Christ, the object of their faith. They're believing he did the work. And I'm accepting what he did for me. And that God saves me and gives me eternal life. And he'll never cast me out and never lose me. And why would he have to put that in there? Because I'm going to fail in my Christian life. But I'm so glad that even if I fail, if I fall flat on my face, if I fall in some deep sin, he'll never cast me out and he'll never lose me. I'm going to go to heaven, not because of what I've done, but because of what he did. If Christ paid for all of my sins, then they're all paid. And not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. So he paid for my sins 2,000 years ago. And all I had to do is accept the payment he made for me. And God gives me eternal life as a gift. And I get to go to heaven on what he's done for me. Now there's no tricks to that and there's no gimmick. So in the, the tulip, the total depravity, the unconditional election, the limited atonement, irresistible grace, and the perseverance of the saints, every one of those is dead wrong. 
So you see why I'm not a five-point Calvinist? I'm not even a one-point Calvinist. I'm a zero Calvinist. Now there's another group called the Armenians. The Armenians, they say, well, there's only these two groups. You're either an Armenian or you're a Calvinist. I said, I'm neither one. They can't believe there could be a possibility of a person who could be something without being one of them. He said, what's an Armenian? Armenian believes that you can get saved today and lost tomorrow. I don't believe that. And so the other one said, well, you're really saved. If you're really saved, you'll persevere until the end. I don't believe that. I'm not a Calvinist. I'm not an Armenian. So well, what are you? I'm a Christian. I'm a real genuine biblicist. Like that word. I am a scripturalist. I believe the Bible. And the Bible doesn't teach what the Armenians teach. You can lose it. And it doesn't teach the perseverance of the saints that I've got to persevere until the end. And endure to the end. And then I might make it someday. If I hang in there. I was saved by grace 50 years ago. And God gave me eternal life. And I serve the Lord today because I want to. Not because I have to. But His grace works in me. And I believe He's given the desire and the power to do the will of God. And I can resist the Lord. I can resist studying the Word of God. I can resist hearing the Word of God. And I can resist the Holy Spirit in my life. I believe I can rebel against God. And because of my rebellion, I believe my Heavenly Father, according to His Word, is going to beat the tar out of me. And maybe take me home before my time. But I kind of like living down here. For a while, anyway. And if He keeps me healthy enough, I might want to hang around for another 50 years. I'll go to y'all, y'all's funeral. I just want to live long enough to bury the rest of you, and then I'll be ready to go. I mean, you got to have a preacher do your funeral, right? Look up here. This is what I believe. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents all of our sins. God says that he loves us. He hates our sin. Now, I believe I am separated from God. I don't have eternal life. But that doesn't mean I can't. Walk, think, eat, choose, trust, have faith. We do it all the time. It doesn't mean I have inability to make decisions. I believe I'm separated from God. Separated from eternal life. And because of sins, I can't go to heaven because i got to pay for what I've done. The wages of sin is death. Now, to go to heaven, we have to be perfect as righteous as God, and none of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. So God says you cannot earn your way to heaven. You can't work your way there. And doing all kind of good deeds will never pay for your sins. So the Bible says that uh, you need a Savior. Now we're all in the same boat. And I believe that Jesus Christ, this hand represents Jesus Christ, came into the world. Why? Because I believe he loved the world, all of us. And that he was willing to die for all of us. Not some of us. Not most of us. Not a few of us. All of us. He took the sins and paid for them on the cross. All the sins of the world. I don't believe it was a limited atonement. I believe it was a total payment for all the sins of all the world. Came back from the dead and says, if we would simply believe. That's all I have to do. But I have to hear the story. I can't put my faith in Jesus Christ if I never hear about Jesus Christ. How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall he preach unless they be sent? But faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 
Not because God decided to put faith in everybody that he wants to be saved. No, it's not the Bible. So Christ paid for our sins, came back from the dead. And God said that if you and I would believe that he did it for us, he would put this payment to our account and we get to go to heaven on what he did. And he said that he would save me from hell for all eternity. And he would never cast me out, never lose me, gives me eternal life. I don't have to persevere at all. I don't have to do anything because he loved me that much. And all this is to show how much he loves me. Now, after I trusted Christ as my Savior and I knew I had eternal life, yeah, I've, I've wanted people to know that I love the Lord too. So I serve him. I try to do right. But I don't do any of it to persevere so that I can make it someday. I'm going to heaven because of what he did, not because of what I've done. And because he is who he claims to be and he did what he said he did, he is my Savior. I know that the Lord is more real to me than the clothes that I've got on my back. I love him, and I'll die for him. I'll even do something like most Christians never do. I'll even live for him. And if you trust that Christ as your Savior, I, I wish you would too. But I'm not going to lie to people just to try to get them to do right. Because otherwise, you know, if you don't live right, that means you're not really saved. No, you can have trusted Christ as Savior, and if you don't do right, you can be a rebellious child of God, and he's going to beat the tar out of you. I'd rather tell you the truth. He might even take you home before your time. You say, what does that mean? He might take your life, and he has power to do it. So I don't want to make my father mad. So I decided I'm going to serve the Lord. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you trust him right now? The best you know how, right where you're sitting. Say something simple like this. Lord, I don't understand it all, but I believe Christ died and paid for my sins. And I'm going to trust him as my Savior. I want to go to heaven. I believe he did it for me. And I'd like you to pray for me. I'm going to ask you a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand doesn't save you. It just... Let's me know that what I said made sense to you. I like to do it with heads bowed and eyes closed because I'm really not interested in trying to embarrass anybody. But I'm not going to trick you. I'm not going to pin you against the wall. and I'm not asking you to come forward or anything. I just want to know if what I said made sense to you. And you say, yes, that made sense to me. God bless you, ma'am. Anyone else? Just slip it up real quickly and put it right back down. Yes, God bless you, sir. You trust Christ as your Savior this morning. I'd like to know it. God bless you. I appreciate that. If you trust Christ right now as your Savior, He saves you right now, gives you eternal life, and He'll never cast you out and never lose you. There's no tricks to it. Anyone else before we close? Say, yes, that made sense to me. I want to be certain of going to heaven when I die. Friend, it's your choice. Not God. God's already made the choice. He died for you, paid for your sins, and He says He'll save you if you trust Him. So He's already then made His decision. Would you trust him? Our Father, thank you so much for your blessings to us and for these indicating that by faith alone, they're trusting Jesus Christ as their Savior. And that by doing so, you guarantee them eternal life as a free gift, that you'll never cast them out and never lose them. And we're thankful for the gospel that you've given to us, an understanding whereby we're not trapped by these other man-made theological discussions that don't hold water. We thank you for these individuals. Bless each person here.
In Christ's name we pray. Amen.